Welcome to the Walkworthy Podcast, a podcast by Hespler Baptist Church located in Cambridge, Ontario. Our local church exists to make disciples who walk worthy of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God the Father. We hope and pray this is an encouragement to you and to anyone else you share this with. As we begin embarking on some episodes in our podcast that are not simply sermons from our Sunday morning services, I wanted to have an introduction of sorts to explain the name, uh, the reason for the name, Walk Worthy, which you heard in the introduction. And that's something that is expanded in the life of our local church to give the very reason for why we believe our congregation exists. On the surface, it might sound a little bit strange in the sense that well, we are, are we saying that you have to do something in order to earn this great salvation that we hear about in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, not at all. That's not what we're getting at in the phrase walk worthy of the gospel. And it will be helped to see we don't mean that by tracing this idea of walking or perhaps a little bit more metaphorically behaving or living in a specific way before God. It is a uh, thread that is actually woven throughout the Bible. And so to get at the meaning of this phrase, walk worthy, I want to trace that very briefly, beginning in the Old Testament and then working our way through to the New Testament. The first place that we encounter this concept of walking is actually with God walking in the garden in Eden, which is that temple sanctuary in the uh, opening chapters of the scriptures. And so uh, there we understand that man and woman, Adam and Eve, had fellowship with God and he walked with them. And I would, uh, I would suggest vice versa. The first place that we encounter it being said that someone walked with God is a few chapters later in Genesis with Enoch. And it tells us in Genesis 5, 22, that Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Again, in Genesis 5, 24, it says that Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Enoch is the seventh generation uh, from Adam of, in this line of the seed of the woman versus the seed of the serpent, uh, which is the line of Cain in Genesis 4. And Enoch is a sort of standout character in this genealogy in that he was evidently a pious and holy individual who had close fellowship with God. He walked with God. The same is also said in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 of Noah, also of the line of Seth. We read there that uh, Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. So again, uh, close fellowship and relationship with the, uh, the God of creation and the God of the covenant. Very similarly, we read about Abram in Genesis 17 before he was given his new name. And it tells us in Genesis 17 that when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. So again, this sense of walking before God is the way that the scriptures are communicating to us um, in the opening pages of the Bible. Now here, this uh, idea of walking before God is more than a, a sense of holiness and, and personal piety. With respect to Abram, we begin to understand, as uh, Peter 
uh, Gentry writes in his the book that he did with Stephen Wellam, Kingdom Through Covenant, the understanding there is that Abram would live in a relationship with God in such a way that as people observed Abram, they would understand what it would mean for humanity to live in relationship with the God who made us. And very interestingly, Abram is given a land promise and it's very strategically located such that the trade routes of the surrounding nations would pass through the land that God had promised to Abraham. And then when the nations traveled through the, the promised land, they would see a people living in relationship with before God and uh, fulfilling that sort of kingdom, that kingdom of priest aspect that we read about later in Exodus chapter 19. So walking before God and being blameless is demonstrating to the uh, outside world what it is for humanity to be in relationship with God, as well as having personal fellowship with God ourselves. The phrase walking before God doesn't actually show up again until much later in the Old Testament. The final book of the, of the Bible, the Old Testament, is Malachi. And there God is speaking against the priests. He's rebuking them for their behavior. And it's quite uh, graphic in that he says he's going to uh, spread dung on their faces. And he goes on to speak about what the nature of a true priest should be. And he says, Malachi 2, verses 4 to 6, So shall you know that I have sent this command to you, that my covenant with Levi may stand, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him. It was a covenant of fear, and he feared me, which elsewhere we know is the beginning of wisdom. It was on a Malachi to say, He stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and no wrong was found on his lips. Now here's this theme again. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many from iniquity. So again, a sense of walking with God is personal fellowship, relationship with the, with the God of heaven and earth, and also demonstrating to others what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God under his rule and his reign according to his word. And so those are the Old Testament references to this idea of walking worthy. Genesis 5, Genesis 6, Genesis 17, and Malachi 2, 4-6 specifically use this terminology. It's no surprise then that we should also find the same in the writings of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. So beginning with the general letter of uh, Ephesians, Paul writes at the beginning of chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And so again, we have this understanding of uh, walking in a manner worthy and Paul begins to explain what that looks like in Ephesians 4 and throughout the rest of the letter. Now, it's very important to understand the point at which this appears in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. It's after the doctrinal section, if you will, after the explanation of what the gospel is in Ephesians chapters 1, 2, and 3. And so chapter 4 begins, I therefore uh, for this reason, on the basis of everything that has just come before, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So 
here we begin to see that walking worthy of the gospel isn't something that we do to earn God's favor, to work for our salvation. Walking worthy of the gospel is something that we do in response to the favor and grace and kindness that God has bestowed on us through faith alone in Christ alone. And so uh, Paul elsewhere in Romans chapter 12, he uh, talks about in view of God's mercy, it's logical sense that we would then offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. So walking worthy is uh, looking at the cross, looking at God's gift of salvation, having been a, a recipient of that and knowing the astonishing mercy of God and then living in light of that in fellowship with God, but also as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. This is what Paul gets at in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. If we move ahead one, uh, one letter in his, uh, in his writings, he writes there, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So again, a very clear and strongly worded exhortation only, no matter what, if I never see you again, just make sure that your life is lived in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. And here is where we truly also see a sense of a, a behaving like a kingdom of a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's what this is speaking about here. Live as though you belong to the kingdom of heaven, because you do if you have trusted in Christ. And that means as a new creation, you are to live uh, radically different from the way that you used to live before. And in doing so, we have fellowship with God through his son by the spirit. And then we demonstrate to the world around us what it looks like for us to live in relationship with, uh, with God, which is very similar to what we heard uh, from God's instruction command to Abram in Genesis chapter 17. Again, the thread continues in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. As Paul begins that letter with prayer for the church he's writing to, he says, We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So this is a thread in Paul's writings. And not surprising, given the thread that it is in the Old Testament as well. He writes very similarly in First, Thessal First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12. We exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And so bringing these, uh, th this thread together, or these threads together, there is an aspect of absolutely personal fellowship and holiness and piety before God. And at the same time, as we live before God, we do it as a, um, a citizen of his kingdom. And as a citizen of his kingdom, we are then demonstrating what it looks like to live in relationship with God and with God's uh, people to those around us. And that is how we fulfill the uh, role that is given to us as a kingdom of priests that Jesus Christ has purchased by his own blood. One final reference on this thread comes to us in Revelation chapter 3 verses 1 to 6 which is the letter to the church in Sardis where the Lord Jesus is speaking to the church and this is what it says. 
the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard it. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and listen to this, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So again, we see this idea, this understanding that walking worthy, walking before God, walking uh, with God is based on our personal piety, holiness, our, our lives, every aspect of our lives is to be affected by being a citizen of the kingdom of God. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That is where our true citizenship lies. And we are to live that citizenship out in every area of our lives. And we do that only by the power of the gospel of grace. And so we experience the forgiving grace of God which is what is the, is the only way that we can be cleansed from our sin. And then we are strengthened by the transforming grace of God, which is what equips us and empowers us to live a life that is worthy of the gospel, remembering and living before the cross of Christ, realizing as we do that, that we were bought not with gold or silver or precious stones, but that we were bought by the very blood of Jesus Christ himself, which is of inestimable value. And so in light of that, in light of the great cost of our salvation, in light of the mercy of God, in light of the love of God, in light of the, the grandeur and greatness and goodness of God that he would give this to us, we live our lives or we seek to live our lives as those who walk worthy of the gospel, those who live before God in relationship with him and in every area of life as citizens of his kingdom so that the world might see our good deeds and not praise us, but praise our Father who is in heaven, having seen who he is through his people as Jesus Christ works in them by his spirit to recreate a new humanity who live and have fellowship with him. And so that is the aim of our church. That is the aim of these podcasts, conversations, sermons, and we hope that they are of significant help to you in spurring you on to greater heights of love and faith and good deeds as we seek to indeed walk worthy of the gospel.